I'm Farah Duro, and you're listening to the PCS Revolution Podcast. Hello, beautiful ones. So happy that you're joining me today for the beginning of a very special three-part series dedicated to solving the mystery of repeated miscarriage and unexplained infertility with esteemed reproductive endocrinologist, Dr. Ellen Wood of IVFMD. After working with her for over a decade now, I can tell you that you're really in for a treat because she'll be imparting so much wisdom if you or someone you know has been struggling with repeated pregnancy losses or unexplained infertility, which by the way, can also coexist with PCOS. So I hope you find this essential three-part series as helpful and profound as I have. And if you sign up for our mailing list, I'll be happy to send you a copy of our slides so you can have everything you need at your fingertips when working with your provider and listening to the rest of this series. To sign up or to get more information on our upcoming six-week live workshop to help you kick PCOS to the curb forever, visit us at floridacompletewellness.com backslash PCOS. Now, I won't keep you in suspense any longer. Let's jump right in. We're actually going to be discussing a lot of things you can do to help prepare for any upcoming fertility treatments you have, along with getting some answers that you might not be getting from the current care that you're receiving, or if you've experienced a miscarriage recently well, the current miscarriages, what can be done to help you know, get to the bottom of what's going on. So I'm really excited to have here Dr. Ellen Wood, who we've been working together for many years. And we're going to actually uh, get into some pretty deep subjects over the next hour. She's a reproductive endocrinologist at IVFMD, and that's they're located in South Miami and also in Cooper City and Palm Beach. Say hello, Dr. Wood. Welcome. Hello. Thank you very much. Yes, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Happy to discuss this. Thank you. Do you can just tell us a little bit about your background and why you really um, started working with fertility? What made you passionate about it? Yeah, well, our practice, I mean, we have we have multiple locations. We're one of the largest practices in South Florida. And our approach to fertility in general um, is really kind of a holistic approach. Um, looking at the patient, looking at their issues, not just giving them a one type of treatment in general, which is, you know, just a, just a simple IVF treatment. We try to take a, you know, a look at the entire patient. And I think that's where the approach with acupuncture and different types of medicines complement our practice. So I've been in South Florida for 18 years. And um, for most of that time, we have always um, tried to integrate different approaches into improving our success rates. And we have found that that has made us one of the most successful practices in the state um, for, you know, essentially the, la the the whole time I've been with them, we've pretty much been top in the state as far as success. Um, but I do think it's because we don't just treat the patient as just, you know, an IVF cycle or they need this. There's other approaches you can take and there's other things that you can add in to a treatment in order to um, help the patient conceive. Definitely. And I agree with that. I am so happy to, um, to have 
you on tonight. And I think that that's really something that it's very important to emphasize um, that there are clinics that are um, out there that are kind of taking a one size fits all approach. And um, that's something throughout the years that that I've definitely seen um, with, with IVFMD. You guys, you know, you take the individualistic approach, which is great. So, um, and also, you know, for those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Farah Salada Dur. And I am a reproductive oriental medicine specialist. Um, I do acupuncture and Chinese herbal medicine as well. Um, and really looking at um, working with patients who are not only going through uh, IVF and IUI and assisted medical treatments, but also trying to work with them naturally as well. And I've been working in the integrative realm for uh, the past 18 years and just really focusing on uh, optimizing the reproductive potential in, in everyone. Um, we also work with the male partners as well. And, you know, we, we focus also not only on helping women and couples get pregnant, but having a healthy pregnancy as well. And um, I'm also really excited to bring this information to us to, to everyone tonight, because I think so many times we either see, uh, here's a natural perspective, here's a medicated perspective, but we don't see the integration a whole lot. Um, and I think that is changing definitely throughout the years. Um, but the information that's out there, um, really the main the main key is does it work and that's really what we focus on are the most effective treatments so so uh tonight um i just wanted to ask you guys who are here with us and ask uh you if you've ever felt this way because this is what we hear from our patients day in and day out that it, it's the feeling of being alone so that nobody knows what you're going through and also you know you work all the time that, that things will never happen. I, we specifically hear, I worry all the time that we'll never get pregnant again. And another thought is that trying to get pregnant after the loss is affecting my relationship with my husband, my work, or how I feel about myself. And if those resonate with you, then please type yes in the chat if, if they sound familiar. Because I know that um, there's, there's an emotional part to a loss and there's a physical part. And you definitely can't separate the two. So we're here to talk tonight about the, not only the emotional aspect and the impact that it can have on your body, but also on the physical aspects and things that um, can affect future pregnancies. So if those sound familiar to you, um, Titan, we'll definitely be, be touching on some of those points today. But the good news is we want you to know um, that you're not alone and definitely you're, you're supported. Um, the facts are that between 10 to 20% of all pregnancies will end in miscarriage and often in the first trimester and before the woman even knows she's pregnant. Unfortunately, that's a statistic for that. But now for the good news is that research shows that you will succeed. 60 to 70% of couples who suffer recurrent miscarriage, which is defined as more than three losses, will go on to have a healthy pregnancy with the right treatments. And definitely, have you seen that in your practice as well, Dr. Wood? Um, yes, it's a, the, the persistent will have a baby, um, but some many of them need um, evaluation and we need to determine exactly what the cause might be. So it's, it's, it's something that is absolutely treatable in over 85% of cases. Um, we are able to find something wrong and, and 
institute in some cases an incredibly easy treatment and the, and the next pregnancy is healthy. Right. And definitely that's the emphasis with the right treatment for sure. And, um, and we do see that, you know, um, the, the definition of a miscarriage, it, I've seen it vary actually uh, as far as recurrent pregnancy loss. It can be over three consecutive miscarriages, but also it can be defined as two consecutive pregnancy losses. Um, and, the, and there is a difference with uh, how far along you are, too, when you experience a miscarriage. It's technically defined as a loss of a pregnancy before 20 weeks. Um, and this might be very surprising for a lot of us, but one in six pregnancies will end in miscarriage before 12 weeks. Um, and I think that it sounds very alarming, but a lot of times those are undetected as well, those losses. Well, I do think that's one of the that's one of the other things that we we try to emphasize, um, you know, to patients is that this that that the you are not alone approach. This is something that that occurs, and if it occurs more than once at that point, that we have to seek evaluation. But this is something that is that is quite common, and it's it's not it's not something that is just a, a fluke type of thing. And many times after two losses, there's something that can be treated. But many patients feel like they are the only one that's ever experienced this, and it is quite it is quite sad. Um, many times the OBGYN um, doesn't acknowledge that there could be a problem because they all see patients that are getting pregnant quite quickly. Our patients are very different because most of our patients are struggling to conceive. And then once they conceive and they miscarry, it's just a more devastating event because it took so long to actually get there. Right. And I, I want to spend a little bit of time, uh, you know, talking about the different causes of it, because I think recurrent pregnancy loss and, inf and unexplained infertility can definitely overlap. And you see it. So I wondered if you could just, you know, go through some of these causes with us. Right. Well, again, you know, the majority of the causes, uh, unfortunately, are genetic. Um, and that is something that we can detect with our advanced um, reproductive technologies. Um, if the egg is bad, the pregnancy is not going to continue. So it's nothing the patient did. It's nothing the patient didn't do. It's just unfortunate. However, there are some things you can do to try to improve the health of your eggs. And we'll get into that later. Um, many of these bad eggs will occur in, in women as the age. However, we have seen young women in their, in their late 20s, early 30s, who have um, a, a far more bad eggs than they should have. And that's where we find that the um, out-of-the-box type of um, you know, nutritional lifestyle, acupuncture, blood flow has improved the health of their eggs because, you know, whereas we assume the patient who's over the age of 40 um, will be ovulating um, eggs that are not quite as good as they were when she was in her 20s, we also find young patients with the same problem. Um, the other issues that can be hormonal. Um, if the pregnancy is not supported properly with progesterone, it is not going to survive. So we do a lot of supplementation once we identify that the progesterone levels are suboptimal. Patients with elevated levels of their prolactin or imbalances in their thyroid or adrenal glands um, will also, those things are easily corrected, however they need to be investigated. Patients with endometriosis um, sometimes have other autoimmune conditions that can be linked to loss. Um, polycystic ovary patients have their own issues with egg quality, but many of those egg quality issues can also be addressed um, nutritionally um, prior to beginning a trying to trying to get pregnant or even prior to beginning um, some type of infertility treatment. Um, 
there's other issues that involve um, blood clotting. Um, they can be identified by blood tests and they can be easily treated with different immunologic treatments as well as different types of um, blood thinners that we can use to improve blood flow to the pregnancy. Um, we also find um, immunologic um, issues with patients' um, uh, immune systems, um, and we also have treatments for those. However, we need to identify these treatments and the patient um, needs to um, uh, you know, present to us in the fashion that we're going to offer the test so that we can um, figure out what might be wrong. But um, the majority of patients with miscarriage, again, is we do find something wrong. I'd have to say there is less than 5% of patients that um, we do with this complete evaluation and we don't find what the issue is. Interesting. And, and how about the immunological uh, blood clotting disorders and what, what type of, um, I guess, patients do you see those in? Or um, I guess I always think of endometriosis when I think of, you know, like that possible uh, population. Well, endometriosis is a very interesting disease because it is technically an autoimmune disease. So the body is attacking its own menstrual blood. Um, anytime the body attacks its own organs, um, the body is not functioning properly. The body can attack the thyroid. The body can attack its own menstrual blood. The body can attack its own joints. The body can attack its own nerves. And in any type of these immunologic diseases, there is also a higher risk risk of the body attacking an embryo. So because an embryo is foreign and it's a product of mom and dad, um, and when that's trying to implant and make a home in the woman, the body may not recognize it as a pregnancy. It may not protect it like the normal mechanisms in, 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 in women that are healthy. Um, have, and the, the body may be attacking that pregnancy like it would be a bacteria or virus. And so there are certain blood tests that we can run to identify whether or not um, that abnormal immune response to pregnancy is there. And what do you, like, I guess, how do you know when you should start looking for those things? I mean, as far as how do you know to test for the blood clotting disorders or for the lupus anticoagulant factors and, and that sort of thing? Many times it's by history. So if the patient has a history of a loss after heartbeat, that is much more common that they're going to have um, a hypercoagulable state and they're going to have a blood clotting issue. Um, patients who sometimes have had a healthy pregnancy and now experienced several losses after a completely normal pregnancy. What that could mean is that that normal pregnancy, uncomplicated, easy, 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 actually immunized the patient towards subsequent pregnancy, just like a, like a vaccine would. So you get a flu vaccine, you create antibodies to the flu, the next time you see the flu, then your body fights it off. And we see this history very, very often in patients. So they had a completely normal pregnancy and now they've had two or three losses after that normal pregnancy and they're young. Um, and so when a patient is under the age of essentially 37, it's less likely that they continue to produce a bad egg each month. Um, over the age of 37, it's more likely that we're looking at a bad egg being produced. Clearly over 40, we're thinking that it could be a bad egg being produced. Um, but if we're seeing young women under the age of 37 and specifically in their 20s, it's much less likely that it's, it's a bad egg. So therefore we'll have a higher index of suspicion that these um, hypercoagulable states or these autoimmune conditions may exist. Interesting. Okay. So that's something that's not routinely checked though. Right? No, no, it's absolutely not. Okay. And 
So uh, looking through all the different causes of recurrent pregnancy loss, um, a lot of times these could overlap with unexplained infertility as well. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We see, we see, we see, we see a big overlap. Now, the, but the nice thing in the patient, well, not the nice, but it's the nice thing in the patient who is the miscarrier that most of the time, because they are conceiving, um, they do not need advanced reproductive technology like in vitro um, in order to have a, have a healthy pregnancy. We're able to treat them with just the immunologic treatments or just the blood thinning treatments um, and help them have a successful pregnancy. In patients who are not conceiving, who have these immunologic disorders, most of them will need IVF in order to just achieve the pregnancy. Um, so miscarriers and infertility patients are a little bit different in the ease of our, uh, you know, of our um, ability to get them pregnant or help them get pregnant. That's good to know. Okay. And that's why we're here and because there is treatment and the treatment options uh, that we are going to be talking about tonight include testing, nutritional, hormonal, and lifestyle. And a lot of times those are overlapping as well. And so the exciting part of this is that we can make a difference in so many levels. And tonight, that's what we're here to talk about. Um, so if you have suffered numerous implantation failures with IVF or IUI, or uh, also numerous miscarriages naturally, uh, and have suffered losses, and you're just also not getting pregnant, and don't know why, this is the time to get help. And so many times we've heard some uh, of our patients say, I wish that I had known about this earlier, or I wish I would have been tested sooner because I went through several IVFs that failed and it's heartbreaking. So uh, I really think that um, throughout the years we've, we've developed a plan to actually kind of streamline the process, make it less uh, time consuming because we know time is of the essence, especially when the clock's ticking. So, so uh, we're going to talk about these four steps that we've uh, put together. And the first one is to gather your team. Um, a good team is going to consist of uh, actually your reproductive endocrinologist, your gynecologist, and an acupuncturist optimally, and also a psychologist. So we'll go over the reasons why those are so important. And, and the next would be discovery, to discover the underlying causes, to actually go and seek treatment for that and treat the root causes along um, with preparation for a healthy pregnancy. So definitely the fourth and most important is to take action because the odds are in your favor. And tonight we're going to hear from one of our mutual patients who's, I just saw her pop up in the chat, uh, that she's here. She's so she was. She said she was working tonight, but she definitely could. Uh, she shared her story, so we are going to share her story at the end of, of our webinar because she overcame not one, not two, but, but three miscarriages, and with the help of uh, integrated treatment and really taking action too, um, despite really you know being told that um, there wasn't much of a chance that that she would be successful. So I'm really happy to share her story. I'm glad she's she's here tonight. Um, and we cannot underestimate the power of support. And support means uh, your immediate family, uh, if they are on board and knowing what you're going through, and friends, and also your providers. And the best case scenario, your providers are gonna communicate with each other and be on the same page. And this sort of uh, looks like this, the wonder team. So 
in a perfect world, our uh, OBGYN will have the ability to order tests to detect these subtle hormonal imbalances along with any structural issues. And you will also have a relationship with a good reproductive endocrinologist, even if you're not thinking about going in for IVF. Um, because as Dr. Wood mentioned, a lot of times with recurrent miscarriage, it doesn't require IVF. There are other things you can do um, to be successful in having a healthy pregnancy. And you might need autoimmune testing too, uh, and more in-depth testing and treatments as well. Um, in acupuncturists, there are um, acupuncturists that specialize in reproductive medicine integratively, and uh, we will post a link to the ABORUM if you're in a different state and you're looking for an acupuncturist that works with fertility and actually speaks the language and, and sees patients every day, day in and day out for fertility, then that's optimal. There is a national organization that requires certification, um, and that, that is called the ABORUM. Forum. So we will post that link. They're actually in different countries as well. And you can find out if your acupuncturist is, uh, if you have one close to you, that um, they can work with you. And also, they'll probably be working with some of the um, uh, reproductive endocrinologists and OBGYNs in your area too, so that, that they'll usually uh, know of each other. And a therapist, because um, sometimes a little bit of therapy goes a long way when you're dealing with losses. And um, that sometimes you might be the only one, you and your partner might be the only one uh, that that are aware of the losses and you're not sharing it with anyone else. It's really hard. So getting that support, there is nothing wrong with seeking help and addressing those issues. Um, not to mention the stress that can place on your relationship. So um, definitely there are therapists out there that work with uh, repeated miscarriages and also work with infertility. And a good source uh, would be probably um, any of the team members that we just talked about. They will probably be familiar with therapists that work with uh, recurrent pregnancy losses and infertility. Um, so most importantly, though, we you have each other, and if you know you're in this together, so a lot of times we might just see um, a female partner in our treatments, but we definitely, definitely have, um, we definitely have a. Um, a very big um, support network when we talk about partners uh, together. So I'm, I'm actually getting some feedback that we're not having audio. Do you guys hear? Can anybody else hear us? Or just type in yes if you can hear us. Because a few people have said they're having trouble with their audio. Um, so, yep, you can hear. Okay, good, good. Okay, great. Hopefully it's working. <laughs> yeah. We don't want you guys to go through the whole slides being, oh, goodness, like very silent here. Um, so, so definitely um, reach out and there is help available. We just want you to know. Um, so Dr. Wood's going to go into step two, which is the discovery phase. And this is so important, obviously, to find out what we're dealing with. So we're going to start by just listing out the possible causes of recurrent pregnancy loss and also unexplained infertility as well. And we brushed on them a little bit, but um, if you could just go in a little bit more detail, that would be great. Right. So again, first, again, we have to try and identify all of the different causes. So there's a pretty basic workup um, that looks at a multitude of different factors to try and identify what 
it could be. Now, it doesn't have to be one factor. Um, I have had patients who have um, a combination of factors. Um, sometimes people have two issues, sometimes people have three issues. So if you miss the third issue, unfortunately, the patient is still gonna have a problem. So we do a very comprehensive, thorough workup when the patient presents and is had, and you know comes to us with more than two losses. So first we'll be looking at causes of infertility. So that could have to do with the male or the female. So we'll do a basic workup. Um, if it's a miscarriage situation, we're assuming that the sperm are working. We're assuming that the patient is ovulating and we're assuming that her fallopian tubes are open. Um, so then we'll begin to investigate if, her, if she is ovulating, is she ovulating well? Many times if a patient is not ovulating well, they have hormonal issues. If the ovulation is poor, therefore they could not be producing adequate hormone to support a pregnancy. And this is one of the most common causes of pregnancy loss. And one of the easiest ones to treat is low progesterone levels or low estrogen levels in the early stages of pregnancy. And this comes from a weak ovulatory state. Um, so this is something that we will investigate. It's a very basic thing and it's very easy to treat. Egg quality issues are going to be a secondary um, concern. So even if the woman is ovulating, she's ovulating well, her egg quality might not be up to par and that egg might not have the proper number of chromosomes to support a healthy pregnancy. Many times it's not age related. Um, we assume the patient is over 40 and yes, oh, we just say bad eggs, bad eggs. And that's what a lot of people will assume. I found significant immunologic issues in patients who have excellent eggs in their 40s. Um, and I've had a 26-year-old um, who two years ago had, um, she had 12 embryos tested and whereas she should have had eight that were normal, she only had two. Um, so she was a quite young individual and she had significant egg quality issues. Um, so this is something we always have to keep in mind. So we can't just uh, use age as a as, as something in order to quantify. Yes, this is this is not an egg thing. This is or this is an egg thing. And there's certain blood tests that we can also use to identify whether egg quality could be a factor. Um, the tubular uterine issues are basically structural. Um, these would be treated surgically. Um, and so these would be something that would be very easy to treat. If the patient has a, a large lesion in her uterus, like a fibroid, the pregnancy could be attaching to that fibroid, the fibroid stealing its blood, therefore she loses the pregnancy. If there is a, a septum, which is a piece of tissue inside the uterus that could be, um, the baby could be attaching to, and once it gets to a certain size, um, the baby loses all of its blood flow. That can be corrected surgically. So the uterus and the pelvic issues are clearly something that is treated in a completely different way than um, many times our ovulatory or egg quality issues um, can be. Um, then there's the autoimmune issues that we see very, very prevalently because they also, they, they link infertility with miscarriage and doesn't mean they cause them. It means that there is definitely a link between the two so that when we approach the patient, we have a heightened awareness that we should do this investigation before they move on and have another loss. Um, so these are just some of the causes. I mean, there's other causes which can be genetic um, that involve um, something that either the, the male is born with or the female is born with. Um, and this is one to 3% of losses, but we also don't like to, um, to miss this. So uh, a multitude of things, but we kind of 
kind of move through them methodically in order to identify what's going on or, or how many different things could be going on um, so we can adequately treat them. Awesome. And um, let's talk a little bit about the age factor because that's the elephant in the room, um, but we, it needs to be, to be mentioned and, and what can be done. Well, age factor, I can't change your birthday. Um, however, we have to be realistic as far as, you know, what are the actual chances of having a healthy pregnancy at different ages? And as you can see from this chart, it declines dramatically. Um, that it's not zero. We do have patients over the age of 40. And again, the percentage of chance of conception to healthy birth is obviously lower over the age of 40, but it's certainly not impossible. Um, but I have had ladies who are 42, 43, 44, who actually are producing healthy pregnancies. And because they have been over the age of 40, the evaluation for the other causes of infertility have been um, ignored or avoided um, because they have been blown off um, that they are losing because of age factor. Um, so we try to keep an open mind um, depending on age. However, women have to keep this um, you know, decline in their success of, um, you know, conceiving based on age in mind. So don't wait. I mean, that's the message, that's the message that we have to, that we have to, um, you know, impart to everybody is, is, and, and this is one of the things where it comes to support and it comes to knowing that, you know, you know, there's people here to help you is that many times patients will blame themselves and we'll have a patient who will miscarry at age 35 and she just won't come back. Um, she's devastated. You know, she just can't, can't do it again. Again. Um, and she feels that it's her fault. And the problem is in, in that time where she's trying to trying to get her head around that she just lost a pregnancy, she's getting older. And so that's why many times we'll try and identify very quickly what's wrong so that she doesn't blame herself. And that's one thing that we find in a lot of patients who do have losses, they blame themselves, which is it's, it's not their fault. Um, so this is what we try to stress to them by doing all this testing, this evaluation. It's very important. And that's really a great point you, you make that they are overlooked, um, these other causes, because everything's contributed to um, poor egg quality when it could be other things. In our next episode, we'll jump into how best to prepare for an upcoming medicated cycle, such as IUI or IVF, and also what results Dr. Wood has seen in her clinic when her patients have followed this protocol. I really can't wait to share this with you, and I hope to see you back next time for part two of our special recurrent miscarriage and unexplained infertility series. Until then, take care of yourself and have a wonderful week, ladies. And that's the end of this episode of the PCOS Revolution podcast. If you've enjoyed the show and want to help me spread the word about how women with PCOS and hormonal imbalances can lead happier, more healthier lives, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. They really do make a difference. If you'd like to have a question answered on the show or would like to recommend a guest, please go to floridacompletewellness.com slash podcast. If you're on social media, you can follow me at facebook.com slash Florida Complete Wellness and twitter.com slash Florida Complete, where I post a lot of interesting research, webinars, and articles on our blog about really getting to the root of hormonal imbalances like PCOS. So it's a great way to stay in touch with the latest developments. Thanks so much for listening and see you soon. Mm -hmm.